Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. Good morning to you. You're now tuned to Future Sense here on Bay FM. It's 907 on 99.9. And uh, good morning to my co-host, Steve McDonald. Good morning, Nick. Lovely to see you here again. As always. As always. Um, what, are we, what are we doing today? Well, talking today? About, we're talking about change again. Change. Uh, I thought today we'd have a look at the collapse of modern thinking. Oh, I, so I can't think about that. It's, it's, it's easy to be overwhelmed, isn't it, by all the challenges we seem to be Precisely. facing and the scale of those things. Yeah. And if we can understand... The, the drivers of this collapse process, then they point to the solutions for some of the biggest problems that, that we can perceive at the mm. moment. Yeah, mm. Right. The collapse of modern thinking. How would you just quickly, before we play a track and start to contemplating that, folks, and of course you can be part of the conversation at any time by texting us on 043734 I think that's it. You've got it anyway. One... I think I made a mess. Made a mess of that number. Zero four three seven three four triple one nine. That's what I said, isn't it? I think so. I used to remember all numbers like I could remember, really, hundreds of phone numbers and all sorts of other numbers. Yeah, I have a mind like that, but not so much anymore. There's Cla- only perhaps of modern uh, thinking. There's only ten of them really, like one through oh. zero, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bugger. All right then. Uh, the collapse of modern thinking. We're also going to be touching a little bit into five G. Five G clearly is. Um, is a big and contentious uh, issue around this area and, in fact, around the world. There are many countries that are looking at it very carefully. There's some countries that have sort of said no for now, other countries which are adopting it. Uh, there are There is much research, or is there? How much can we identify the truth in what is claimed? So we're going to try and sort through some of that and some of the more the, the larger perspectives in the future sense way with regards to 5G today, yeah? Yeah, we'll do that in the second half of the show. And it's a great example of uh, how you know, the modern paradigm is collapsing and in the process of that collapse, it's creating problems for itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Here we are. Well, not so fantastic. Well, it is. It's necessary. Change is coming. Change is what it's all about, as people used to say, Years ago, change is the only constant in the universe. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. You are on Future Sense here with myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald through till 11 o'clock this morning. And we're going to start in the first half of the show talking about the collapse of modern thinking. It's a big phrase, encompasses a lot. It is absolutely. And in mm. case. Our listeners haven't been watching the news. Our modern way of living has begun to collapse. <laughs> and the scientific industrial paradigm, which has been dominant for the last odd 300 years or so, and they have been very odd, odd, odd um, is, uh, is starting to fall apart. And the reason is that it's not coping with the complexity. The, the world is becoming a more complex place. And the paradigm itself has driven that increase of complexity by creating all of this technology, which has connected us all together 
And so news travels much faster, which means that change happens much faster. And there are so many connected factors that it's, we, we basically are starting to lose track and mm. we're losing the capacity to take note of and process all of the details. And so all the systems that we built before the internet existed are straining at the seams. And, and that's pretty damn obvious. And mm. you only have to look at things like our political system, our economic systems, our medical systems, you name it actually, just about any social system. And you can see that they're straining at the seams in some way. Mm. Yes. And the good news is that the tension that we're, we're beginning to feel, and in some places around the world, that tension is starting to bubble over into civil unrest. Mm. Uh, and France, I guess, has been an, a canary in the coal mine there most recently. As it often is, I and mean, that was the case in, uh, in the late 60s, of course, also. Yes, mm. yeah. Uh, and even back, uh, when, when was the French Revolution? That was kind of back in the early, you know, emergence of the current late eight, dominant... Late uh, 18th century. Yeah, you know, which was the, the kind of 30. early stages of the, well, perhaps the... the time where we had an overlap between the previous agricultural uh, paradigm and, mm. the, and the emerging modern Because it was paradigm. also the time of the American Revolution too at that yes, time. Absolutely. So in the and that, late 1700s. Yeah, that's a really good example because if mm. you look at the two sides uh, in the American Civil War, they were really representing the old paradigm and the new paradigm, the old paradigm in the South yes. you know, with, with slavery and that kind of stuff, and the new paradigm in the North bringing a different kind of slavery, <laughs> which, yeah. which is paid slavery. Yes, that's right. And of course, uh, and it's a contested space because nothing's black or white, nothing's clear because a lot of those Northerners in that time, I think, um, I can't remember the names, I think Lincoln and the others are all slave owners anyway. So, you know, it was not a, it's not an either-or situation. No, it's no. a transition that occurs yeah, absolutely. to a better, a better value system that takes some time to embed itself and to, you know, to become the dominant system within a, within a cultural society. Yeah, so just as back then we saw the, the agricultural paradigm being overtaken, uh, superseded by this modern scientific industrial way of being human, uh, at this moment in history we are seeing the modern scientific industrial beginning to be superseded by something new. And that something new is uh, yet to really... Uh, have a decent name, you know, coined to describe it. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people are calling it postmodern simply because it follows the modern. Uh, some people would argue that the postmodern has been and gone. Yeah. But essentially, what we're seeing is the emergence of a new, more complex way of being human that's very humanistic in its outlook. In fact, a lot of people are calling it the anthropocentric era because yes. we're interpreting everything that's happening through human experience and human values. Uh, and it's very much also um, riding on the back of the technology that's being produced by the modern paradigm, and it's very network-centric and very yeah. connected in mm. that sense. Mm. Indeed. I mean, modern thinking, uh, perhaps we should tease out exactly what you mean or what we mean by modern thinking. I mean, you've alluded to it there, but that that uh, process since uh, certainly the Industrial Revolution, if not a bit before, and that, uh, you know, that um, transition era, but it's created a different kind of thinking, which you could say is scientist, scientism, even um, um, I, I look, I wouldn't. I would okay. say scientific. Scientific. Scientism is a, is a more recent development on that. I think, which is part of the regression of values. Which part of the collapse, in fact. I yeah, guess. it's part of the collapse process. Mm. Yeah, mm. Uh, but it, what we're really talking about here, and what I'm referencing, are deep drivers which sit in our subconscious. So uh, you can think it's useful to think about these paradigms using a computer analogy. Because if you, if you sit back and look at the larger picture, it's like 
in each paradigm, humans are coded to behave in certain ways. You know, it's like it's written into to our code. Uh, and if we use a computer analogy, we could say that each paradigm is like an operating system. And so we develop and load up a new operating system, which gives rise to a paradigm. And it's that deep operating system, which, which is really not visible. Uh, it's something that we can't necessarily be conscious of. But it bubbles up and then drives our thinking and our behavior and our values, our motivations, mm-hmm. our uh, compulsions as well. And so we've called this the collapse of modern thinking, but in reality, it's actually a transition from this deep code, which was driving our modern way of being human, uh, to what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A new operating system, literally. A new operating new system, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's being loaded at the moment. You know, we're sort of, if, yeah. if, it were, if human existence was a computer, we'd have that little thing on the, the spinning beach ball or the... Uh, on the window systems, you know, the little loading <laughs> thing right, would be yeah. in progress I'm right now because um, the old system hasn't been entirely deleted yet. In fact, the old systems never get deleted in human operating systems. They always, they stay there and they, they are nested. The new code is nested over the outside of them. So what it creates is a very flexible dynamic arrangement where depending on what our life conditions demand of us, we can swap backwards and forwards between the current or the previous paradigms previous operating systems yeah. which is which is a great ability to be able to do that that's a useful ability it is very useful mm. yeah i mean when you're talking i'm also thinking as we're moving beyond uh the modern thinking paradigm what we're seeing i think is is uh um, paradoxically an expression of part of that thinking which is sort of impatience and, and what results driven like now let's get some results now yes. and let's not think about seven generations ahead or even perhaps perhaps even the next electoral cycle is pretty minimal but we're seeing a response to the issues from what I can see in terms of this collapse of modern thinking, uh, people very impatient to see this collapse and in some ways that uh, it's a bit of a sort of uh, even adolescent response to many of the issues which can often be ill-informed or not informed enough, desperately trying to break down the old system uh, against the old system, but it's very early days. So mistakes are made and things uh, sort of tumble forward in a way without being sort of concisely driven, I I feel. Yeah, and change between paradigms is pretty much always like that. Yeah, right. Obviously, it's shaped by the current life conditions and you know our current technology and our ways of living. Mm. But essentially, it's a subconscious process. You know, if I guess at this stage in in human development in the evolution of humanity, we're just getting to the point where we can become more aware of these dynamics, and mm. we can, particularly from a second tier. Uh, consciousness perspective we can start to look at what's actually driving our behavior um, from a sort of a a witnessing perspective Uh, but for most people they are still caught up in the process and so they're not able to sit back and look at what's going on they're just buffeted by the turbulence of the actual change itself Um, and the other I guess an an interesting um, thing to keep in mind too is that in the first uh, six paradigms of human consciousness so through and I'll run through them from hunter-gatherer through the traditional tribal way of living and then through our our martial phase where we live according to power and conquering territory and those sorts of things and then through the agricultural phase and then the modern scientific industrial which is the fifth through each one of those uh, we really are just going with the natural flow of of life and we're not necessarily conscious of the fact that 
um, you know, we're participating in a particular dynamic that's unfolding, but, and, and it's only really now as a small percentage of humanity gets into the second tier that we can start to see the underlying drivers and yeah. we can see, you know, why behaviour uh, happens in a certain way during periods of change, why, you know, these things roll out as paradigms collapse and new paradigms emerge and there's an overlap of yeah. the old and the new and, yeah. you know, it's a, it can be a very chaotic time. And it's important as you're listening to that, folks, and uh, how you relate to that, because um, for me, it's been a really good uh, understanding, a signpost, a grokking, if you will, to know that this is where we are. We're in a transition, and it is confusing. It is overwhelming, or it can be. Um, there's a lot of information out there that you have to tease through to find what's relevant and true for you, for us as an individual and as a society at large. But the, to to let to sort of be, I guess, a bit kinder to oneself about the process that we're in here because it isn't an easy time and it's not going to get easier. No, it's always, it's always good to cut yourself a bit of slack when you're going through change, mm. really, uh, not to be too hard on yourself. W- one of the interesting dynamics that we get when we go through these paradigm shifts is, in the again, in the first six, uh, within the first tier of human consciousness, there is an alternation between left brain and right brain dominance in each paradigm. So the first iteration of being human, the hunter-gatherer way, was a left brain dominated. Uh, you might call it a me-oriented paradigm. And then the next one, which was traditional tribalism, was a, a right brain dominated, a we-oriented paradigm. And so it's like this pendulum swings backwards and forwards as we go through the paradigms mm. with a, a bias to left brain or right brain, which means a bias to individuality or community. And that shows up as in the individual systems, we want to change the outside world to suit us. And in the communal systems, we want to change ourselves to fit with what we see is demanded of us by, mm. by the world. Mm. And so we're moving from an individual paradigm in the scientific industrial, the modern, to a communal paradigm, mm. this emerging paradigm now. And, and that brings a shift from wanting to dominate and change the outside world that we saw in the modern scientific industrial era to a realization that we need to change ourselves in this emerging year. I think that's pretty clear and pretty yep. strong for a lot of people. At yes, it's interesting. Uh, I've just remind, rem, reminded of uh, something that was posted by our good friend Julia this morning, a simple little statement. It comes from a uh, website apparently called Empaths, Old Souls and Introverts. We might come talk about empaths uh, so in this discussion somewhere because it seems sure. to be part of the new emerging uh, modes of thinking. Definitely it is, yeah. Um, but very simple phrase, which I really like. You know you have mastered a soul lesson when the circumstance has not changed but the way you respond has. Yes. I would this is true that. energy self-mastery. And I think that's the process that many people in this transition are going through right now. I yes. Feel. Yeah, absolutely. In Just uh, to, to go back quickly to this big picture mm. viewpoint, uh, what we see in the individual me-oriented paradigms and what we just saw in the modern scientific industrial, scientific industrial era is uh, human desire to to grow externally. Uh, so to literally you know, grow civilizations, literally grow businesses has been a big driver, mm. to invent new things, to explore spatially, spread ourselves out around the planet, mm-hmm. um, and to change the outside world, to you know, shape it and use it to fit with us. Mm. And then as we move into the communal paradigm, we see that shifting to the need to create stability. So the, the communal paradigms are where we kind of 
take what we've done in a previous paradigm, um, we, we need to solve problems that have been created by the previous paradigm in order to create stability and make our way of living sustainable and to relearn and, and practice once again what it is to, to live in community. And that's, mm. that's a very, very strong theme mm. that's happening in change at the moment. And also we're drawn to explore our inner space, which is uh, nicely represented in that piece that you just read out mm. there. Our, our direction or our attention is directed inwards rather than outwards to the, to the material world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, and I guess we'll be really great to tease out some of the, um, the things that can be recognised in that process in your own individual thing. I've just been forwarded, I just forwarded to you and we might look at this. Sure. We, we do things pretty live here because that's part of, in a way, the new way of thinking, we could say too. That, Absolutely, uh, in the moment we are. In the moment we are, in intuitive and following what comes towards us as seems relevant and, and, uh, and meaningful and even synchronistic at times. Uh, but this notion that there is a, a whole new language evolving, a new, a new within the new paradigm, a new way of expressing ourselves, even on absolutely, and this yeah. is this is what a paradigm shift is, right? We look back to the previous one where we came from the the sort of agricultural way of living in the Middle Ages through to the scientific industrial as it emerged. Some really, really significant things changed, and one of the most significant, perhaps, was this idea in the agricultural era that Earth was at the centre of everything. Yeah, you know. And it, like an earth centrism yeah. where everything rotated around us and we were stationary in the center of the known universe yeah. and we're getting a similar dynamic emerging in the anthrop- with the anthrop- new paradigm now because we we that was a, a we oriented paradigm yeah. and then we've got a new we oriented paradigm emerging now and as you just said it's it's an anthropocentric mm-hmm. viewpoint which is a, a particular bias just as the earth centrism was a particular bias and it's also sort of globally enriched in the sense that uh, with the overview effect that we now have a much bigger conception of what that actually is for us what that actually means for us to be um, the center uh, in on a globe that we're all situated in a, in a in a universe which we don't understand much of but we understand a lot more than we did even 20 years ago yeah 30, 50. Uh, that's a very good point and mm. it's it's very valuable just to consider all of the good things that came out of the scientific industrial era like it there is a very strong tendency at the moment and it's a natural evolutionary dynamic to want to throw it all in the trash because it all seems wrong but take a f- breath take a breath folks take yeah. a breath but in fact <laughs> but in fact the only reason that we're arriving at this new paradigm that's emerging now is because of what happened during the scientific industrial era and in particular our technology that we developed you know, that allowed us to fly to the moon and get that overview effect, for example. Mm-hmm. It made us realize that, wow, we're actually just a community here on this little blue dot, you know, flying through space. And also our internet, our, you know, our connected yeah. social technology is, is um, allowing change to happen faster. And it's mm-hmm. also connecting us together and, and helping us realize what's happening on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. It's helping us get a handle on these large problems that are emerging that are challenging us at a global level and we wouldn't know all these things if it actually wasn't for the technology that was developed during that era yeah. so so everything is nested inside um, everything else here and uh, none of it you know should be thrown out certainly there are problems that needs to need to be solved but it's it's all part of the the emerging process mm, indeed for all of you out there strangers in a strange land you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. 99.9, you're tuned to Future Sense with myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald here. Uh, and um, we're talking today about, first up, the collapse of modern thinking and some of the indications. And what is modern thinking exactly? And how is it, uh, can, be, can it be seen to be changing and transforming at this time? 
So what I've done, Nick, is I've made a list of what could be lines of code in the human operating system for the modern way of being human or layer five oh, in, like uh, in Graves' model. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go through those. And each one of them, uh, it describes the behavior of us when we are living through this operating system, which we call a modern scientific industrial way. Yeah. Um, and it also points to uh, problems that have been created by each line of code and corrective factors. So okay. I guess its usefulness you know, it lies in understanding why things are the way they are and uh, giving us some clues as to what needs to be corrected. Mm. And it's in this time of mass media and social media and uh, the difficulty of knowing what's right and what's wrong you know out there in the, the media world it's useful to understand these key drivers because they point to what is really causing the issues that we're facing at the moment and how they might be corrected so mm. the first one of Excellent. those first one of those lines of code is uh, that the this modern way of being human is an express self system okay so in other words self is prioritized over others mm. and this reflects this left brain right brain bias that changes as we mm. go through each paradigm and where we just happen to have finished or we're coming out the back end of an express self um, paradigm so what that means is that community is degraded and if you think about that the last 300 years you can see that on every scale that has happened really so even for, down to the family unit you know what what we have been calling the nuclear family yes. hasn't worked it's been exploded by, yes. <laughs> by this the average marriage in australia i think is seven years now the average relationship is probably less than that and yeah it's a big change from a generation two generations ago for sure that's right and in the process of centralization of power yeah. which is a very individualistically minded thing has also degraded community at every level because what used to happen in local communities now happens a long way away and then comes to us on a boat or a ship or a plane you know in terms of business and, and manufacturing mm-hmm. and those sorts of things so that points to the corrective factor there uh, as, right. as the pendulum swings back the other way which yeah, yeah. is about um, sacrificing self to some extent and putting community over self and rebuilding community at all levels mm. and that doesn't mean rebuilding it the way that it used to be back in the middle ages <laughs> although the the first tendency when we go through these sorts of changes is to think back to those yes. old times make a regressive value mm. search and remind ourselves how did we live in community mm. the last time that, that it happened mm. Uh, so it's useful to do that, but we, we also need to understand that we're not actually recreating the Middle Ages, although you would be uh, forgiven for thinking that that's actually happening at the moment because of the regressive value search that's underway. But it's a matter of referencing those old times and then with the benefit of all of our modern knowledge and technology, figuring out how do we do this differently this time around? Yeah. You know, how do we do it that's in line with the, the current world. It's interesting, I, I woke up in the middle of last night at some point uh, thinking about uh, music re- with regards to the layers or the windows of Gray's work and I'm thinking as you speak that that uh, I won't go into a whole rave about it because it was in the middle of the night kind of a uh, small revelation or something but uh, as you're saying this regressive, regressive uh, going back to sort of resonances of previous iterations of ourselves so from from uh, in your what we're talking about the green emergence into green into the layer six of Gray's work 
that tendency to move back or fall back to two or four yeah. is almost like a, a harmony in music, I guess. Yes, that's it what is, I'm absolutely. And that's yeah. where you can sort of make sense of it in a way. Oh, yeah, I'm just sort of harmonizing with the music of that, that theme in human experience that has some value. Yes. But I can't just go back to that song. I actually have to take that, perhaps that harmonic note, and bring that into the song of the now. So it'll, be so, it'll be something new. And the reason yeah. that we can't simply go back and recreate is that those things won't work now because the world is a more complex place. And those, what we designed in the last communal paradigm fitted the life conditions back then, which were relatively simple. And now the complexity is, would overwhelm and will overwhelm those old systems. Yes. So um, the next line of code is that we seek to change the outside world in this modern paradigm to suit us. And the obvious thing that happens then is we neglect our inner world. And the shift that's going on at the moment is turning us around to take notice of our inner world again and and go through, uh, often go through a big healing process. And of course, you could see that this has shown up in so many different ways. And a couple of examples that occur, as Steve says that to me, is how in this era, uh, in our lifetimes, in this period of modernism that we've been in, uh, our tendency is to not to not worry, for example, about what we put in our bodies. That's changing now. But so we've managed to uh, clearly uh, poison ourselves with various things, known or unknown, for quite a long time now. Inadvertently. Inadvertently, usually, yes. although there are usually. people who like to poison themselves for that's true too. something else. <laughs> uh, but but that, that idea that it doesn't really matter what I take in, that's okay because it's on the shelf and no one's going to prove that, that, you know, that substance over there is bad for me but this is a big change that's going on now thus I guess on the other extreme is uh, things like veganism as such a strong um, theme in a zeitgeist a, a meme in culture now yeah absolutely so another line of code from the modern era uh, be driven to achieve personal success and the most obvious measure of success during the modern paradigm has been money of course yeah and so the outcome of that is that a very small percentage of people have been very successful yeah. and this is where we get this idea of the one percent the 99 percent you know the one percent have got all the money and the 99 percent have got not not much and that's all what you're saying is is just as an aside again that's that's a kind of structural result isn't it? it's a result of the structure itself yeah. Isn't it? yeah 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 totally it's it's like i mean <laughs> this, this might be too obvious but think of the board game monopoly right an inevitable outcome of the board name board game of monopoly is somebody wins <laughs> somebody gets a monopoly and they win the game yeah. and and it's the same here yeah. you know you follow a certain set of rules which we're saying here is like a computer code yeah. and you get a pretty predictable outcome Although, of course, you can also, in uh, in this paradigm, you can bend the rules if, if those set of rules don't get you the desired result. Well, you can. Start that's, bending the rules. That's that's right. That's very, very true. We, we've been watching uh, the show Billions uh, uh, quite a lot on Stan. I've just watched a lot of it in the yeah, last week yeah. or so. Yeah, classic. Uh, if, you haven't che- if you haven't checked that uh, out, uh, folks, it's a very good example of uh, this level of thinking, I guess, and the top end. It is, yeah. It's sort of peak, peak layer five. Yes. So... Uh, that driver of personal success is shifting with the paradigm change to a driver which is all around deep human connection and that is serving to rebalance and redistribute uh, resources also so the I, i guess that you could say that is the corrective factor around this success driver is moving from that chasing the money game to connecting with other people and sharing yeah well i think it's become 
impossible not to do, not to seek that for many, many people because they simply can't play in the money game uh, on the planet enough now. The the, the uh, discrepancy between the rich and the poor, as you were saying, is so extreme that I guess in some ways the driver is that, well, I can't get the money that I once imagined that I could have or the job, the security, the safety. So what is it that actually I want now? And, uh, and tuning in perhaps to a deeper sense of themselves, and that's what you're saying, that turn inwards again. It is, yeah. And from an economic point of view, it's interesting also to look at the cryptocurrency phenomena because mm. that is massively re- redistributing wealth. Uh, by basically standing up a new system, which is, I think, eventually going to make the old economic system obsolete. Mm. Another line of code is instructing us in the modern way of being a human to specialise. So go deep in a narrow field. And that's been really beneficial because we've deepened our knowledge in amazing ways, mm. you know, in terms of all of the different disciplines of life, mm. be, be it medical science, you know, science or whatever. Mm. Uh, and the... I guess the ultimate outcome of that is by going deep in a narrow field, we eventually forget the connections between the fields. And so we lose sight of the whole system. And this is why with the emerging paradigm, we're moving to systems thinking. We're starting to connect the dots between everything. Uh, And as I often mention on the show, a great example of this particular specialization phenomena is our medical industry and how doctors have specialized in you know very very deeply and they've they've developed amazing knowledge about one isolated system within the human body to the point where if you ask them about something else they don't know they mm. say sorry you're going got to go and see a different doctor mm. and so we lose sight there of the whole body as a system and the way and these a, things are connected. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because we've gone to such an extreme that way, that specialization has created, as you say, literally medical marvels and same in other disciplines too, incredible uh, abilities and uh, things that have come online that have helped and saved and, and uh, accelerated people's life conditions around the planet. But at the same time, that loss of the holistic, the loss of seeing the forest for the trees is really uh, endemic in society, really in our modern societies, certainly. Yeah. And in this first tier of, of human consciousness, as we're swinging through these paradigms going left and right, left and <laughs> right, you know, me focus, we focus, this happens every time. Every time we go in one direction and it's marvelous and it broadens our knowledge and we, you know, we, we think we've fixed everything. And then as the pendulum swings further, we realize, no, hang on a minute, we've gone too far this way. We've got to get back the other way again. So it, it's a consistent uh, dynamic. It, it will change, though after this emerging paradigm is overtaken and we we make this quantum leap into second tier we start to get a integration of the yeah. brain hemispheres and so we'll move beyond this mm. it's not going to go on forever and you could you could you could reduce it at the risk of being paradoxically ironic here you could reduce it just to that left bra- left right brain equation that we have favored the left brain now for quite a long time it's yes. clear yep. and the right brain now, now has to find a, uh, an ascendancy in a place of balance with the left and as you're saying in the second tier as we move into that second tier that's that's part of that equation. That's how it's going to happen in a sense in terms of the brain chemistry, very simply put. Yeah, it is. And this is a fractal design. So these lines of code apply to us as individuals and we have to change these things inside ourselves. And it also applies to everything at scale. So, you know, our family, our yeah. village, our yeah. larger communities, yes. the whole world, the whole of humanity. Another line of code, be materialistic. So... No! <laughs> Focus on the outside world and material things. And if if you can't measure it with a ruler or some sort of an instrument, then it doesn't exist. Okay. Uh, And of course, the obvious outcome, eventual outcome of that is we realize that we've actually neglected some things which we which are very much a part of our reality, yet can't be measured with a ruler or a or a meter. 
Yeah. Love, empathy, synchronicity. Absolutely. Yeah. Prophecy. Yep. Intuition, etc., etc. So, so again, there's a, a an indication to a solution there as we need to uh, rethink and uh, start to refocus ourselves on those things that we've neglected. There, mm. another line of code: think short term. So a long time is three to five years, basically. And we see that in the way that we've designed our modern world. You know, our, for example, our uh, time between elections in yeah. our political systems yeah. or our corporate strategic plans, which rarely go beyond those sorts of time frames. Mm. And the consequence is that uh, in the short term, it can be quite good because people are sort of working hard and fast to get things done. But we miss the longer term implications of the things that we do. And for that reason, things can creep up on us. Mm. And because we're only looking a short distance ahead, you know, after a longer time, say 50 years or 100 years, suddenly these big problems emerge that we didn't anticipate because we weren't thinking far enough ahead. And so in every communal system, the thinking is always long term. If you consider uh, our traditional tribal societies, goodness me, they were thinking in like thousands or tens of mm. thousands of years in some cases. Well, the old, the old uh, adage, of course, in <clears throat> with American indigenous people is seven generations ahead, which is uh, certainly if we would see seven generations ahead from here, that would, that would be very useful, but we're probably starting to have to look a lot further than that even. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. So there's another signpost for us there mm. is, is look, th- think longer, think mm. longer term. Yes. Another line of code, seek short-term rewards, and this is very much linked to the previous line of code also, uh, so we're always looking for that quick fix. And you can think back to the old sort of agricultural paradigm and how things were still driven by that in many ways. Even, you know, in the early part of last century, people were still kind of locked into this idea of working long term. They'd mm-hmm. get, a, you know, get a good job, do it for 40 years, get your gold watch, yes. whatever so you got. Protestant, Protestant work ethic. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's also tied to religious beliefs which came out of that agricultural yes. era. The idea that you, you live a, a good life and you follow God's rules and then you'll be rewarded after you die. And of course, it w- that was one of the drivers of change in the previous paradigm shift was people got tired of waiting and they really they, they wanted it all and they wanted it now to, to uh, quote queen <laughs> yeah, right. Ooh, yeah, like so so again there's another signpost there okay we need to start thinking about giving up some of our short-term rewards for the sake of longer-term achievement you're resonating right now on future sense with steve mcdonald and nick jeans yeah, it's going to be a great night, June the 8th, at the Bangalore Bowler from 8 to 1. And if you come on the buses or early between about 7 and uh, 9, I'll be on the door there in some sort of crazy outfit making a fool of myself. So please come and say hello. You going to go, Steve? Go. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I'm not sure yet. I think you should be coming. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, have some great DJs, by the way, you heard there. But uh, just to mention, Mandy Nolan is going to be a DJ at one point. That's going to be fantastic. And our fantastic beaver, Ange and Stu. Uh, from uh, from um, um, the garage, fantastic, and Oli Lama, ex-president of, the, of uh, this station, of, I, uh, after before the coup, which I of course <laughs> have, have taken over. Um, yeah, so we're talking here about the collapse of uh, the modern paradigm of thinking, the way of thinking. We are, and we're imagining that this way of being human that we've been living life by during the, the modern scientific industrial era is like a computer code and we're looking at okay if it was a computer code computer code what would the lines of code be instructing us to do yeah and we're about halfway through the list here and the next line of code is be highly rational hmm. and 
it's been a very, very rational time, and I guess that has been a, a characteristic of the whole scientific push. You know, let's be very, very rational about things and think about how things work and what the the truth is as uh, discoverable through science. And so that has been, of course, to the detriment of our other uh, senses in in some uh, respects, like our emotions, our intuition, and those sorts of things. And it's fed into the materialism, which is one of the other lines of code. And it's also, mm. you know, it's I guess it's given rise to what can be seen in hindsight as a shallow way of interacting with reality yeah. that discounts certain things that aren't yes. rational. That were, um, and so simple material. things, for example, like the value of nature itself and in, in factoring that into a, a sort of accounting equation for the earth, for yes. example. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, the signpost there in terms of change is to go beyond the rational mind uh, and to recover all of the pre-rational stuff that we used to live by. Uh, you know, so our, our basic urges and instincts and uh, to acknowledge our fears and our superstitions mm. and those sorts mm. of things mm. and re reappraise all of those things and find how are they useful parts of our being and how do they do, you know, how do they contribute to us being able to cope more with the, the complex world that we're living in mm. uh, because what we're finding i mean what, one of the things that's driving the change is this highly rational materialistic way of being human really can't cope with the current complexity it's breaking down it's mm. collapsing well actually that's that's a great segue we have a, a great text here just it's very re relevant to just what you said then uh, it says um or he she says these codes that you're talking about are magnetizing for people which makes the corrections required uneasy for large groups to adopt I see many individuals embracing the paradigm shift but struggling to find a unified group yet. I think we need to start one in the Byron Shire. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There very, you go. very true. Yes. And uh, they, they are, I mean, essentially, you can, you, as we're saying, you consider this like a code that we live life by and it's driven by our life conditions and part of the issue that we've got at the moment is that we're living within systems, within social systems that are designed by this way mm. of thinking and so it's, you, it's very hard for us to step outside those systems. For example, simply the fact that you've got to go to work and earn money in order to be in these systems, right? Apparently. And some people have managed to step outside that system but most haven't at this point. Yes, and not just on the same point too, another great text here regarding um, time frames and uh, and how we don't plan for the future. We're talking about that before yeah. the break then. Yeah. An English, it's a little story, very brief. An English manor house may be 200 years old. All the original window frames need replacing. The joiner discovered the timber needed was very rare and hard to source until the old gardener pointed to a copse of that very timber that had been planted by the original carpenters well, for this very need. Wow. A true story. Cheers, yeah. Tony. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. Great. Yeah. That's great. Mm. Very good example. Okay, uh, the next line of code is to collect all of the available data to analyze it and use it to determine the best option or the best path or the best choice in life. <laughs> or the best way to manipulate that data to get the result desired. <laughs> yes, it could be. And so the, the, uh, the issue that's arising now is that as a result of the technology which was created during the paradigm, we've now got too much data. There's so much data you can't analyze it all anymore. Mm. And so that's undercutting the whole operating system. You know, the operating system is driven by this line of code together with all the others and when you when you're driven to analyze all the data 
my God, you do a Google search and you get, you know, you could look at that one Google search response for the rest of your life mm. and still not analyze all well, the data. And I guess this is where AI and machine learning also comes in, cause, which is already, that's exactly what Google is and all those platforms and run by that. But I guess that's where we're going like, okay, so are we going to allow machine learning to determine what is relevant to us, particularly in this, can be very good at doing that, yep. but it can also be manipulated and it can also be, you know, all sorts of things can happen in that space and we're still as i said earlier in a very adolescent i think um uh, relationship to these technologies yes we are and what you said is a very good example of how we're trying to solve these problems created by the old way of thinking you know using the old way of thinking Mm. and uh of course uh it was einstein who famously said you can't solve problems Mm. by the same Same level of thinking that created them exactly so some a lot of the things that we're running off with at the moment like ai Mm. i think you'll find that they'll be reconsidered and redesigned once the new paradigm really Mm. kicks in yeah yeah because uh at the moment you know the the whole idea of just creating something that can super analyze the data i mean it, it is useful there's no doubt about it but our priorities are going to change mm, mm. In, in the future once the new paradigm really picks up momentum and starts to become dominant globally. Uh, and as I said before, the old things don't get thrown out. You know, and it's important. It, the desire often is during the change period, which is right now, is to throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know, just get let's get rid of all this technology. Yeah. But in fact, um, that's not the optimum outcome. The optimum outcome is that we realize and address the issues that have been created and we find solutions to those. But we continue to use everything that's going to be useful into the future. Yeah. 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 Next line of code. Be competitive. Yep. And in the process of being competitive, push everything to the limit until things break. Hmm. Yeah, it's written into the code. You look at all of the patterns that we have in our social systems, things like our economic system are a great example. It's characterized by boom and bust. Yeah, and so many things are. Yeah. So many things we push them to the limit till they break, then we back off and we start again, yeah. and we do the same thing over again. Yeah, which is also, I think, uh, a definition of craziness, isn't it? Doing the same thing over and over again without getting a different result. But um, also, as you speak that, I'm thinking too of uh, of health, and it's either health or not. Like you're healthy, and suddenly you're not, yeah. uh, and there's this whole sort of suite of you know analytics and so forth that can come into that space. But there's n- there's no sort of <laughs> no sustainability. <laughs> there's no sustainability. Yeah. There's no there's no sort of uh, uh, easy understanding of the of the of the scale of the of the pendulum of between health and 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 not health, so to speak, and where you might be along there, and, and how we actually um, manage um, prevention rather than curing something that's got out of hand and so on. So all these examples of systems that did very well for a long time, have done very well, and yet they're now challenged to meet the needs of this era, of this time. Yeah, for the purposes of an individually oriented Mm. era, which is changing the world, these processes were very useful. And there was a famous uh, business consultant whose name I can't remember, but one of his sort of catch cries was fail forward fast. (laughs) Yeah, Come up with a new idea, you push it, out into operation as fast as you can until it fails, and then you improve it, you fix the problems and continue to push it again. Mm. And that is a useful way to make rapid progress mm. given the life conditions mm. of that particular era. Well, also, I guess what happens in, especially the world wars of the last 
of the last century, which are very much embedded in that era of yeah. time and how the, those world wars uh, accelerated uh, the technology in that particularly exactly that way. That's Fast very forward, true. Yeah. That's very true. So let's let's we have to deal with this crisis of a world war, these forces that are coming at us. So we have to actually throw everything. We have to just make it happen. And, yeah. and mistakes will be made, but we have to do it forward and fast and do it and go for it. And That's obviously right. very successfully at that time. Yeah. The, the yeah. longer term outcome, though, is instability when you've got boom and bust happening all the time. Uh, and so that, over time, that just grows and grows mm. and grows. And, and also instability, I would suggest, by the enormous amount of money that is spent in uh, worldwide militaries around the world. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it's, I guess this little line of code is a good sort of microcosm of the macrocosm too, mm. because the whole system is collapsing now. So, you know, within the system, this, this tendency to push things until they break, push things until they break, and the whole system has done that to itself. So the whole system is in the process of collapsing yeah. now. But the, and the signpost there in terms of change is really towards sustainability and uh, backing off on the pushing and looking longer term and creating sustainable systems that will work longer term. I guess the question, we know this is not the topic of today's discussion, we have touched on this before, is how do you resist or seek to make change uh, from a different kind of paradigm rather than the resistance and making the other and the, the previous generation wrong? As much as many evil things you could argue have been done in the last paradigm and many evil people perhaps still exist on the planet who control things, and that's probably true, but actually to come from a different place in response to change now is a, is a bit of the, the trick in the game, is a bit of a paradox and how do people actually operate from this new level but actually try and make changes from of the old level. It's a, it's a yeah, it's the only, process. the only way it's that the, only the, way. the change process will play out. Yeah. The next line of code is break the rules. So in our community-oriented, we-oriented systems like the previous agricultural and then the previous mm. tribal traditionally, uh, they were the systems that constructed ethical standards and rule sets because when you live in community, you need those. You mm. need agreed ethics, you need standards, you need boundaries and those sorts of things when you live in close proximity in large groups. And then in the individual systems, we break out of those. And so part of, part of the dynamic in a communal system is just like uh, the individual systems, they solve the problems that were created by the previous way of living and then over time they create new problems and in a communal we oriented system typically the problems are about being suffocated and contained because of the structures that get created mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so then the natural tendency is to break out break the rules let's mm -hmm. see what happens if we break these rules it's very interesting it's it's sort of appropriate i've had this in front of me for a while a, a piece that came across from uh, ron paul in america talking about julian assange yeah. and a quote which i can't see where he gets it from it's not his he says and I think it's really appropriate for what you're saying in terms of uh, break the rules. Truth is treason in an empire of lies. Yeah. Have you ever heard that expression before? Truth is treason. Truth is treason in an yeah, empire, empire of lies. lies. So yeah, when you're trying to yeah. tell truth against what is really an empire of lies on yeah. the planet in so many ways now, yeah. basically you're treasonous. Julian Assange is now the, the premium example of this in the world, yeah, persecuted I mean, in this way. What makes that true mm. is that the nature of truth changes in its paradigm. In the agricultural paradigm, truth was handed down by a higher authority. Okay? It wasn't something that you could find yourself. Yeah. But in the scientific industrial era, truth became something that you could find yourself yeah. through a process of science, experimentation. Yeah. But now what we find about some of the big issues in the world can be labelled treason against uh, the project 
of and the breaking of the laws of those who are in control of the previous system of the system is still in you know in control at yeah the moment. yeah and truth is changing again with this current paradigm yes. shift truth is becoming relative so what is true for you might not be true for me mm. yeah mm. okay next line of code here is um do whatever is needed to achieve success okay so success being this this ultimate driver and this is very connected to to breaking the rules is whatever it takes is is the mantra whatever it takes and over time that whatever it takes is like a creeping thing so you know what it took last week uh, might be smaller narrower less significant than what it takes this week and so that just grows and grows and grows and grows until it gets out of control and it's you could arguably say it's out of control right now yeah yeah. yeah, well, I think we saw it in a in a smallish, not too small way in the in the recent election. Um, the last couple of weeks were clearly a a distortion of we'll do whatever it takes from certain elements in the in the political debate, and uh, and shifting people's um, views out of fear and and uh, uncertainty and, and lack of security. Yeah, and these absolutely. And a lot of the problems that we're facing now have not necessarily come from any one of these lines of code, any one of these instructions on how to live in a modern way. It's when they're all combined and they interact with each other. Mm. And so um, when you combine this tendency to break the rules and do whatever it takes with the insensitivity or the lack of attention get, that gets paid to you know, emotional responses, mm. people's personal experiences, their, their inner world, then, of course, it starts to snowball into very significant mm. problems. And uh, the, the outcome of this kind of behavior, breaking the rules and doing whatever it takes to achieve that uh, success, is that... A lot of people feel like they're being tricked, they're being cheated, mm. uh, they're being used for other people's purposes, they're you know, being alienated, conflict is being created. And again, that's an unsustainable pattern. Mm. So the, the signpost there is to really develop a new set of ethics for yeah. the new paradigm. Because yeah. being a, a communally oriented system, it's a time for structuring ethics once again. Mm. It's hard making me think of today's news story of uh, Peter Dutton, who has already, as Home Affairs Minister, still attacked Christina Keneally, who's been announced by Albanese as the Shadow Minister for for uh, Home Affairs and therefore for border security and so forth, and uh, at an attack by him on her on her soft approach to boat people and all of that thing and her attempt a few years ago to get up a royal commission uh, into the treatment of children on in these refugee places that's a you know that's a compassionate and genuine attempt to make some sort of change there but he's used now as a as a negative that she's weak yeah. on this and uh, it really struck me that that big difference there between some some form of attempted compassion towards children for god's sake locked up and this cold dark uh, efficacious methodology of someone like Peter Dutton yeah. in that frame. It's a classic dumbing down strategy yeah. that's used in politics where instead of actually addressing the problem itself, you point to the person and try and mm. uh, make the person seem untrustworthy. Ad or, hominem yeah. is the word yeah. in Latin. Yeah. Exactly. It's, um, it's a very, very common strategy that mm. lets somebody off the hook from actually having to give a real answer, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they, they just try and erase the problem altogether by saying, well, the person who raised this problem can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. you know, they haven't got the skill or whatever. Yeah. So I think we've covered, yeah. you know, the, the key lines of code that appear in this operating system, this modern scientific mm -hmm. industrial operating system. 
And as I started to say before, in combination, they really whip up quite a soup. You know, it's it's not just each individual ingredient or line of code. It's actually the the overall thing that it makes, and uh, we're living in it right now. But it's not a bone broth, folks. I don't think it's a particularly healthy soup. <laughs> it's not a chicken soup, right? It's not a chicken soup for the soul. Uh, so no, and I'm sure we go into a vegan soup anyway. But um, we end up with what we've got now. So basically, a world where the systems that were designed a long time ago, really many of them designed even before the scientific industrial era, in order to serve people, have been tweaked, reoriented to serve uh, individual success. And so some of the the systems which are kind of misnamed now, you know, like our healthcare system. And, and you name it, they're actually turned into kind of like banking systems or systems that produce money for, for the 1%. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, gosh, we could talk for, for many different, many right. episodes about the examples for that, but it, a simple one, you know, take the pharmaceutical industry, which now Please. Ex- exists to make money. Yeah. You know, that, that is the driving purpose. Yeah. And so the driving purpose is not actually to make mm. you better. And which once upon a time, to be fair, I'm giving them a bit of you know kudos. Probably once upon a time in the establishment of the pharmaceutical industries, perhaps they really did care back then. I, yeah, I think we probably mm. need to go back before the establishment of the, of the <laughs> yeah, scientific so. industrial era industry because I, I'm pretty sure that was actually engineered from the start as a money making yeah. enterprise. But if you go back before that to you know what preceded the modern big pharma mm. companies where people produce stuff to heal people, it was to heal people, mm. it wasn't to make money. I think you know the key here is what you t- as, as I'm as I'm hearing and listening and we're interchange in, into acting and I'm feeling the response of many people out there maybe not all of you I'm not just assuming that you feel the same way but this absolute uh, um, disjunct between where many of us are at especially in a region like this and this this modern thinking which is not working anymore and you can feel that collapse inside yourself yeah. and it is unsafe and insecure because it means a lot of things potentially that could be destabilizing but uh, we encourage you on this show to take it on, so to speak, in a different way, and to find, you know, to find those who who resonate with you, to find those tribes and communities and connections, those networks that actually can support you in uh, in the establishment of a different way of thinking. Exactly, and the the way that new paradigms emerge, and particularly this emerging paradigm, is that they start in little bubbles, and those little yeah. bubbles grow, and then the connections between the bubbles are drawn. And this is a very network-centric mm-hmm. paradigm that we're moving into. So that's very much the way that the, the uh, current emerging paradigm will become the dominant paradigm over time. Mm, very good. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. 99.9, you're on Future Sense with myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald through till 11 o'clock pregnancy, birth and beyond then. And uh, we've been talking today about the collapse of modern thinking. We are going to be talking a little bit about 5G for those of you who might be hanging on the line to uh, hear that because it's very much up in the consciousness around here at the moment. That's for sure. And we will get to that because they're all related, of course. So we have a little bit more to complete on uh, on this Yeah, it's got a summary of the outcomes Mm. of uh, living according to this modern scientific industrial code. And uh, Mm. these are the things that are driving the collapse as the pendulum swing reaches extreme individual expression and uh, thereby feeding the change. So loneliness and alienation, Mm. which has come from being very individual. Mm. Disconnection, pretty much of everything really. Disconnection from other people, disconnection from the natural world disconnection from the parts of the whole system. Mm. Burnout, 
exhaustion comes from that strive drive way of living uh, and both people and resources run out of steam uh, and it's just not sustainable data overwhelm detailed analysis is no longer possible therefore we need to shift to a networked whole systems approach and minority success leads to majority unhappiness basically again that's a good way of, good way of putting it yeah. all key drivers of change You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.